welcome to our podcast for the 28th of June. I want to read to you from Matthew's Gospel this morning, chapter 10. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Amen. This week Jesus is back to teaching the basics and what could be more basic than Christian hospitality. This lesson is not so much about what to do as it's about who and why we welcome. But first the disciples need a quick boost to their confidence. Jesus has called them to ministry and they have left families and livelihoods to follow him. Their decision has not been universally praised. They sense a growing hostility to Jesus and a danger to themselves. Right after telling them that He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Jesus comforts them, saying, He that receives you receives me, and he that receives you receives him who sent me. Beyond the much-needed encouragement for the disciples, there is an abiding lesson here for us all. Shepherds are called down to lay down their life for God's flock. It's not a job or even a career, it's a vocation. And the answer to God's call can only be complete commitment to serving his people. In Christ, to lead means to serve and serve and serve. In this gospel, Jesus also instructs congregations that they must make service possible. They must welcome and support his servants as they would welcome and support him. While history is sometimes stained with abuses, it's Christ's own model created for his people, not for the angels. It works if we work it. All things come right in Christ. The whole concept of hospitality in this gospel is a replacement for Christian charity. But how much of the hospitality we offer is merely an exchange for hospitality we receive or anticipate receiving from others? Christian charity doesn't work that way. It's not transactional and it's not selective. It's a witness to the unconditional love of Christ that lifts us up and saves all who would be saved. It's not reserved for family and friends, but deliberately directed to the least among us, or as Christ calls them in this gospel, these little ones. That's the theory anyway. What's the practice like, I wonder? Sadly, the world's not awash with Mother Teresa's. Too many of us only see poor people on television and promptly change the channel for happier fear. But despite an increasingly cynical secular world, hope survives. Christ's love is alive. It is all around us. We have many proven practical ways to follow Christ's command. Call them outreach programmes, call them community food banks. They are one of the great unsung success stories of grassroots faith at work. 
not just for the ob obvious support they give to the neediest, but for the vehicle of love that they provide for the faithful. For decades now, the Church of Scotland up and down the land has opened its doors to folk who need all kinds of support. Alcoholics Anonymous and its offshoots rely on church hospitality. How many lives have been rebuilt around those meetings in Gifnock South alone on Thursday, Friday and Sunday evenings? And for those not free to come to us, we take hospitality to them. Perhaps folks that use Lodging House Mission. We take the love of Christ to the people and places that need it most. Beyond all the political uproar on immigration, there are the basic human needs of vulnerable strangers struggling in our midst. Christ didn't speak English. He was hounded from place to place. See him in the faces of those who have come to our city to have a life that's more than their own countries could offer them. A life of safety, made possible through the hospitality that our gospel speaks of for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And in Glasgow this last week, we have seen some awful, awful scenes on television and yet we still feel that we are called to help the neediest people in our city. Closer to home, sooner or later we all take our turn in the ranks of the needy, in sickness, in bereavement, in turmoil, in the heart of a church family surrounded by love. It's never as bad. We're never alone. In these lockdown days, our church has been closed since the 24th of March. Oh, we've rung bells and we've continued in our work to provide for those less fortunate than we are. But I have been so conscious that our doors have remained firmly closed. And now in this phase two of lockdown, we are being offered the chance by our First Minister to open those doors for personal prayer and reflection. Not much, I know. And all at social distancing, with all of the appropriate regulations, risk assessments and so on in place. And none of this is going to be easy and it's taking some considerable thought to do this safely. Many of my ministry colleagues have said it's just too hard, it's not worth it. After all, the minister can't even lead the Lord's Prayer for those who come. People can just pray at home, surely. They don't need to come to a sanctuary. And all of that, I suppose, is true. And many of us have been praying fervently at home. But what about those in our community who don't know Jesus? Who just need a wee time out on their own, away from family or a crowded house? Or maybe those on their own who just need to see another four walls and a friendly face? Even if we are socially distanced, and someone is masked up. I was never prouder when in a Zoom meeting the other evening, our Kirk session agreed unanimously to get to work in order to offer this act of hospitality to our community, to open our doors just twice a week for an hour and say to whoever comes, you are welcome. And believe me, you are welcome whoever you are. These are the basics of Christian hospitality. 
no surprises, nothing fancy, just an active awareness that all these little ones are our guests of honour, the honour of Christ. Welcome them as you would welcome him. Love them as he loves you. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, you are a great and a holy God. You are far, far greater than we could ever imagine. And you are far, far more holy than we have ever understood. And you are also far, far more loving than we could ever dare to hope. Mighty God, your authority is over the whole of creation. And your purposes are for the good of all that you have made. In Jesus Christ, you have able, enabled us to comprehend something of who and what you are. In him we have begun to grasp that you are not against us. In him we are beginning to realise that you have always been seeking the lost, healing the broken and lifting the fallen. Now that we know Christ is your mirror image, we understand that there is not, there never was and there never will be any place or any person that can be called forsaken by you. We praise you for your love that reaches to the depths of our need and lifts us to the height you always meant us to be. You are our loving Lord, your compassion, your kindness and your grace for everyone in every place causes us to break out in songs of joyful praise. May our praises so lift up the cross of Christ that all people everywhere will be drawn to him and confess him Lord of all. And may they know your welcome. We ask our prayer in the name of Christ. Amen. And now a wee blessing. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. Quench our thirst for love. Satisfy our need to be known. Assure us that we are indeed prophets of welcome. Let us go to proclaim this peace in God's name. Amen. <laughs>